Well, good afternoon, Faith Family Church. We just were blessed by such an amazing sermon by Pastor, Pastor Kyle. I can't even speak anymore. Yeah, it was so good. Right. It was such a great sermon. <laughs> speechless. <laughs> speechless. By Pastor Kyle titled Vanity of Vanities from Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Um, he just was so faithful to the text, and I was just so richly blessed by it. So we're going to talk a little bit about it and just kind of demonstrate what we do once we hear a good message, and, and uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get some points of, of, uh, of familiarity and influence in how the text has impacted us in our lives. So the first question I've got for you guys is, how has Ecclesiastes, how have you viewed it throughout your Christian walk? How has it blessed you, and how did Pastor Kyle's exposition help to inform that? I'll start with you, Mike. Well, I'll be real frank with you. It, it, there have been times when that was probably the last book that I wanted to spend a lot of time in mm -hmm. because I, I felt like it was depressing. Right. And I couldn't wrap my mind around what he's trying to convey. You know, I tend to find, when, when I look back, that I was younger. Yeah. As you mature in age, especially, you begin to. Uh, so, so today, when, when he began the text, because it's been a, been a while since I've been in Ecclesiastes, it resonated. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so um, just, just the fact that there has been a change in my life the way I viewed it, but I want to tell you that, I guess we'll get to it in a minute, but how to study it. When he yeah. hit on that, that was like the door had been opened. Right. And for me. Yeah. And, and, and so that was, that was exciting, and I want to use those tools he gave me as we go through this every, every sermon to, to yeah. use. Yeah, that's great. How about you, Daniel? So I, I think as a, as a kid, whenever I, and I would never really read through the whole thing, but right. uh, it, it always struck me as like, Kind of a just a grand, sweeping like, just a big picture. I've always appreciated people who can who can put things in the big picture. Who can like dial down into the details. Mm -hmm. You know the rhythm of the sea, uh, who we are as people. But then but then bring it to that wider picture. So I always, there was something about it that I always appreciated as a kid. I never really understood it, um, but it but it introduced I think like kind of a well. And Kyle mentioned this uh, like just a a skepticism and like a, but a healthy skepticism right um, where it didn't make you know some of the way that I was I was uh, like many of us grew up just in like youth groups and things like that I don't think anybody had there was no ill will or bad intentions but there was that kind of like bumper sticker type of of push of, of Christianity and so Ecclesiastes I was just a, it was a grounding book whenever I did read it and and kind of a, a breath of fresh air, and then and then as time has gone on, um, it really is like a, it's just it's a it's a good therapy, like it's a right. good way to cope with with right. life of just understanding like there are just seasons that, I, and maybe worse than others, as yeah. a more monotonous of others, and like the the malaise of life just sets in, and it it, it is a breath of fresh air. So. Yeah, no, that's so great. I know myself personally when. 
When I first got saved at 33, I thought that everybody in the world wanted to hear the gospel. I thought that they, everybody wanted to hear this great news right. about redemption through Christ. And, you know, the more that I evangelize people, you just don't see those conversions. The more that you're discipling folks and you think that they're growing in Christ, you see them walk away and it's just heart-wrenching. And then, you know, fast forward a couple of years in my sanctification and I'm getting more mature in my Christian walk. And then life, you know, nine to five job. I, I say that all the time. I'll, I'll say six to six in the army. So, you know, six to six job, working 12 hours a day, just, you know, exhausted, physically exhausted every day at my job. And just every morning I'd lace my boots up and I'd exhale and I didn't have the energy to even serve in the army that day. And I was leaning wholly on God to give me strength. I was going back to Ecclesiastes and I was finding hope in it because I was not alone. And, and so I think it was very influential for me to frame my, my theology of work and labor and toil based in the fall so I could understand and make sense of why things are the way that they are. And so I think Kyle was so faithful to that. He really unpacked it so well yeah, in this text. Yeah. And that leads me to my second question for you guys. And I'm going to combine kind of uh, two, of, two of his points that he made into one question. So he he said that uh, Ecclesiastes grants you permission to be honest with your struggle. And then he said, sometimes you feel that life is a monotonous prison. So uh, have you guys experienced that in your life? And, and how have you worked through it with a, a Christian worldview? Yes. So um, I, I remember, and it reminds me of, a, there's a sermon one time that I, that I heard where, um, it was like a, it was a conference, and the one speaker was just very uh, dynamic, and it was really, really impactful. And like, wow, this, we're on this larger-than-life mission. And then the follow-up speaker was like, yeah, but it doesn't feel very glorious to take out the trash every every week. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, it really does. It helps me. Ecclesiastes helps me just frame things as as they are. Like so, some of the the activities of life. The monotony is monotonous because of life living in a fallen world. Mm-hmm. Just and there's no way around it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some there's some monotonous things that I that I do that that really like Ecclesiastes exposes how I should be grateful and thankful. And the monotony is sometimes very helpful. Right. Um, I I think back on you know some jobs that I've had in the past where I would get really bent out of shape about the monotony. Like I just, it's the same thing over and over again, but then getting into a new, a new role or different role and realizing like, oh man, I gotta use, I gotta use my brain. Now my head hurts. Like it was really nice having that job where it was just like, all right, I come in, I do what I need to do and then I go. Mm-hmm. And there's something just nice about that. Cause it doesn't make me be like, I can be creative outside of work and, uh, and then I get into seasons of life where like my life is not monotonous at all. And then now, and now I'm, now I'm like wishing for the, yeah. the wishing monotony. for it. Yeah. 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 And so it just, you know, it, it just shows, it exposes to me, uh, how, how, I, how fickle I can be. Right. And, and how the end of the day, uh, gratefulness and thankfulness to God for what, for the life that I do have. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, that's great. How about you, Mike? I was just thinking, you said something that kind of 
made me think of this. Th this is really not, so let's grant permission to be honest with my life. What most likely probably Solomon is writing is not a discussion three men would have in detail like he does, does right. he? We're like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, I'm pretty tired. That's it. Or, you know, yeah, same old, same old, that type of thing. Because we don't like to expose necessarily our weaknesses right. or our, our feels about what's going on around us. So that's re it's encouraging to me that, number one, that he just lays his soul bare on ink uh, and, and paper yeah. for it. You know, for as long as humans will be here, that, that's obviously inspired by God. Uh, but it gives me that, that that's, that's an encouragement to me. Men need to do that. Obviously, women need to do that. We need to be able to say when life is the prison, yeah, the seemingly prison. like yeah, the prison. Yeah. And there have been times in my life just like you uh, and just like you where it was hard to get my boots on that morning. Mm -hmm and go, and knowing what was facing me that day, and knowing that the next day wouldn't be better. But there's also the, the, the salt, if you would, of the first steps of your children, or the, um, uh, you know, whatever it is, that anniversary, that special anniversary you have with your wife, or, or whatever. So, you know, it, it, it can seem, I guess at times, as a prison, and, and I, get, I guess that's where I struggle with Ecclesiastes is all. I don't want to get in that mindset, yeah. although I've been in that mindset, you know? Yeah. No. So yeah. Um, that's, you know. You know, I, I think about Solomon, and I agree with Kyle. I think that Solomon wrote it, um, that he was the author, and you think about all that he had and yes. all of the wisdom and all of the, the wealth and the power and everything that you could possibly desire in life. He had it all. And he struggles or struggled with the same problems that I struggle with, you know, in, in my poverty or, you know, not necessarily in, in, in context. But, yeah, but in, in comparison, yeah, to what he had, I am I'm absolutely poor compared to what Solomon had. So, um, yeah, it, it's just it's insane that no matter where you're at, whether you're big or small or, or you know, uh, powerful or weak or whatever it is in life, that we all deal with that same kind of monotony and same struggle with the toil and it's so re reassuring to me to kind of look at his testimony of that and apply it to my life as well and try to give it back to others you know I had a phone call with a, a warrant officer a couple weeks ago that I served with eight years ago and he was like he's like he's like chief I am just I'm struggling and I just don't know if I can, can do this anymore and I'm like dude I was there I've been there 10 years ago, I've been there eight years ago, six years ago, and there's different seasons in our life when you're just stuck in this, this rut, and it happens to all of us, you're not alone. And sometimes just saying that to somebody, to let them know that they're not alone, just gives credibility to their feelings and what they're dealing with. Yeah. And then it, for us as Christians, then it allows us to open up that gospel testimony and witness that we have a better hope. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that leads us to the, the third talking point. Um, Kyle made two phenomenal comments, and I, you know, I think that we should make little bumper stickers that from <laughs> Kyle's sermons. Uh, but he said that this book should drive you to paradise restored, a longing for Eden. And then he also said that, that the groaning, the groaning of life is going to give way to glory. 
So how do you then take the, the, the toil and the struggle and the vanity and the futility that you see in Ecclesiastes and in our lives currently and keep a gospel um, eschatological future focus for hope? I'll start with you, Daniel. Okay. So I think in, there's like two ways that I that I approach it uh, in that. Uh, one, one uh, the, the soldiers that I talk to on a regular basis, just as a as a chaplain, and then and I'm just I'm thinking through this for my own in my own life as well. But oftentimes they'll come in, and I'll get somebody that's really depressed, like very very depressed, and I I try to measure that with like trying to convey to them that. They're, they're actually not, because, because they're living life without hope, they're living life just under the sun. And there's right. nothing more. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, I, I try to temper that with like, it sounds strange, but you're actually not depressed enough. You're, you need to, you know, I haven't, I haven't done it in a while. They're like, open up Ecclesiastes, you know, but, but, I, but I try to convey to them that, that life just under the sun, life without God, it is, it is that bad, but it's actually worse. Right. And, and, and the, the hope is not to then drive them to further depression. Right. But it's just to, it's just to say, like, no, you have, you have God Almighty revealing to us that, that meaninglessness, life apart from him, is, is a vapor and it is meaningless, mm. which is why he, he is the only possible solution yeah. and the, on, the only type of hope to look forward to, um, because your life might not get better. Uh, we, we have, you know, so-called theologians in America that talk about you're living your best life now. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just, that's just not true. And you can never make that promise to somebody mm-hmm. like somebody's life. They might, they might be on top of the world. They might have a good job, good family, X, Y, and it, and it can just collapse tomorrow. Yeah. Right. It, it really can. And so to guarantee somebody I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a false antidote. So I love Ecclesiastes on that level because it does, it introduces a healthy cynicism and skepticism toward life that, that non-believers sometimes don't have. There's a lot of, I mean, plenty of non-believers in the military that are the most, you would say, oh, that's the most cynical person I've met. But, but man, they haven't read Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. They're not, maybe you're not cynical enough mm-hmm. to get you to the point of there's something beyond what, what is here in the physical. Um, and so then, so then that's, that's the other thing that I, that I use. And I, I've, I've heard it from other pastors. And I've been really helped. You, you read through all of Ecclesiastes, and it talks about that there's this concept of like, hey, life is short. Um, it's, not a, it, it's not just go do whatever you want, but there's a sense of like, enjoy it. Hmm. What, what you can enjoy, what God has given to you, Live, live in the present, be fully living in the present and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's so strange how Ecclesiastes, and I, I know Kyle will, will get to this. There's this, there's this weird inverse of like, man, this is brutal reading through this. But on one level, you could, you could do a subtitle for Ecclesiastes and say how to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. Because, because when you see what life is, but then you see, but man, there's those like glimpses of light that do break through. Right, right. And all of those those points of light, light lead, lead back to the Almighty. Uh, there is hope. So, so that's that's it's the two angles. It's the one. It's the yeah. how to enjoy life, but also like you're not you're not cynical enough. You're not depressed enough. You need to read Ecclesiastes. Yeah. No, that's great, Mike. 
So I'm, I'm a simple guy and I like to keep things simple. And one of the things that I have started doing, um, specifically in things that I'm not always enjoying having to do, is say to myself, preach to myself that I am doing this to and for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And so as we get into those circular, seeming like nothing's happening in our life, changing the diapers like he talked about, or taking out the trash, or going to that job. Sometimes all I have is to say, I am going to do this today to the glory of God. Hmm. Because, like Kyle said, who gives me meaning? Who gives me meaning in the middle of these mundane, sometimes seemingly soul-crushing tasks that I do during the day? Is it an accident that I'm there? Is it a mistake uh, as a believer? Is it, it is a mistake that I, I, I'm in this position? Did God somehow, I slipped through the cracks and got, no. It is, for whatever reason, I am there for the season, and I am going to do my best to do this to the glory of God. And that's, it, it, so there's maybe not a whole lot of intelligent theology, but maybe there is that that's all yeah. I got some days that's a good place to be, right? Yeah, no, that really is. I think in, in kind of, you know, dovetailing off of both your guys' comments with that, that gospel focus, that eternity focused, I just, I, I've got to frame my mind that before the fall, Adam had meaning to his work. Yes. There was a sense in which everything that Adam did would last. Mm -hmm. You know, Adam didn't have to worry about putting new shingles on his house every 15 years or, you know, having an HVAC system go out. Like, he didn't have to worry about the stuff that we worry about because he was in Eden. And, you know, at the fall, we lost everything. We lost everything. And, and everything was changed by the sweat of our brow through thorns and thistles. We will work for bread just to put bread on the table. And so from the very first time that man fell until the time that Jesus comes to bring us back into eternity with him, into his eternal kingdom, we were going to be living in that toil. But then it was so encouraging when Kyle made that point that that, that same suffering that we endure, Jesus Christ also did. The one who, who created everything, who sustains all things, who is the author of everything, that, that he lived in and amongst us. The full experience of what it meant to be human was perfectly sinless. He never grumbled. He didn't even have a grumble in his heart. And, and the fact that he would willingly go and die to take the, the, the penalty for my sins personally so that I can go into that eternal Eden with him and I can tabernacle with him forever uh, to pay for my sins. So, you know, just in remembering that and framing it all together with that gospel focus just gives me such great encouragement. So, Faith Family Church, we, we pray that this sermon was just such a blessing to you and that you guys can walk away with a greater, greater hope and trust and confidence in our great Savior. And we look forward to seeing you next week. God bless. Thank you for listening to this resource of Faith Family Church. We gather on Sundays at 495 Hugh Hunter Road in Oak Grove, Kentucky, and are a short drive from Fort Campbell and Hopkinsville, Kentucky, as well as Clarksville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website, myfaithfamilychurch.com.